Every day, our Marian community, during our evening prayers, will read from what's called the Album of the Deceased. And we recall all those Marians in our history who have passed away. And oftentimes, it will mention the manner of their death. In the winter time, there is one manner of death in which the Marians uh, are always noticing that there seem to have been many Marians who tried to cross a river in the winter, the Vistula River in Poland, and uh, they would break through the ice and drown. And we would always, uh, you know, in dinner after evening prayer, we would always be talking about, wouldn't these Marians learn not to be crossing this river during winter time? You'd think some, some superior would say, you know, you're not allowed to cross frozen river, especially the Vistula River. It was dangerous. You know, crossing a river was not so simple like it is today when we have so many bridges to make our transportation easy. Well, in our first reading, we hear of a river that needs to be crossed by Israel. They've been wandering the desert for 40 years, and the moment has finally come. The promised land is right on the other side of this river the Jordan River. So often we remember the crossing of the Red Sea and its uh, miracle that God brings about to allow the people to cross the Red Sea. But we often forget about the miracle that takes place of the crossing of the Jordan River. God commands Joshua to lead the people into the promised land. And think of everything it took to get here, how God has forgiven Israel over and over and over after setting them free from the slavery of, in Egypt, and how they kept turning back, kept rebelling, even worshiping the golden calf, and kept complaining of all the gifts that he has given them. And finally, God, in his continued mercy, his continued forgiveness has brought him here because he wants to keep giving out his mercy. He wants to give that inheritance of the promised land, of paradise, to his people. And Joshua tells Israel the words that God had told him, that the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord of the whole earth will precede you into the Jordan. When the soles of the feet of the priests carrying the Ark of the Lord the Lord of the whole earth, touch the water of the Jordan, it will cease to flow. For the water flowing down from upstream will halt in a solid bank. And indeed, the people cross because as soon as the priests carrying the ark touch the water, the Jordan turned back. We remember that in Psalm 114, which we had just prayed. The sea beheld and fled. Talking about the great power of God at the Red Sea and then this next verse, the Jordan turned back. The old covenant priests, the Old Testament priests, God used as instruments of mercy to allow them to cross into the promised land. And it is the same God now uses his New Testament priests, his new covenant priests, as instruments of mercy to allow his people to cross into the promised land. And this is why Jesus was baptized 
in the Jordan River. He's the new Joshua. He sanctifies the waters of the Jordan, that barrier to the promised land. Well, now the waters have been sanctified, and the waters of baptism allow us to cross into the promised land. And when we stain our baptismal garments, we can still receive the mercy of God. We do not just lose that one chance. We can go to confession to the old or to the new covenant priests of Jesus. We can go to confession and receive that mercy of God and all the sacraments. They are all instruments in which we receive the mercy of God, have access to Christ and his blood and water poured out upon the whole earth at the cross. And so if we have received so much forgiveness and so much mercy for our sins, what are we expected to do for others? To be merciful. We have been forgiven an impossible debt that we inherited from our first parents, Adam and Eve. We inherited their debt. That's original sin. Christ, in his baptism, forgives us of that debt. Even if we're like St. Therese of Lisieux, where we pretty much, you know, as a child, she barely sinned, barely did anything wrong, not according to her opinion, of course, right? But compared to most people, it's as if she has done nothing seriously wrong, broken no commandments. But even she was forgiven an impossible debt because she inherited a debt that she would never be able to pay back from her first parents, just like all of us. And Jesus gets at this in today's gospel. He tells this parable of forgiveness because Peter approaches him and says, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive him? As many as seven times? You know, he thinks, oh look, I forgive seven times, you know, I'm a good person. You know, someone can hurt me once and I'll forgive him. Second time, I'll forgive him. Third time, I'll forgive him. All the way even to seven times, I will forgive. But Jesus says, that's not good enough. Seven times, 77 times. Continually, you must forgive, Jesus says, because you have been forgiven completely and continually for your whole rest of your life as you continue to try to grow in the spiritual life and continue to offend God, God will forgive you. And so that is why he expects you to forgive others. And so he tells this story, this parable of a servant in the kingdom who has a huge debt. And our lectionary says owed him a huge amount. Well, in the RSV, it gets more specific into the actual translation, 10,000 talents. Now, what does 10,000 talents? One talent coin is 6,000 days wages. So if compared to our times, right, let's say an eight-hour eight work day and minimum wage 15 hours, that's $120 per day times 
6,000 times 10,000, it's $7.2 billion. It's an impossible amount, and yet what, the, what does the servant say? Be patient with me, and I will pay you back in full. God could have just said, yeah, right, as if you can pay this back. It's impossible. He will never pay this back, especially off of a day's wage. Yet, the king who represents God, the king of kings, the Lord of all the earth and heaven, he forgives this servant because his mercy triumphs over everything. And yet, what does this servant do? He turns around and he comes across a fellow servant who owes him what we hear a much smaller amount. Again, more specifically in the RSV, it's only 100 days wages, which is about, again, using the minimum wage and eight-hour work week, about $12,000. So he was just forgiven $7.2 billion of debt, and yet now, how does he treat the servant who owes him $12,000? When that servant falls on his knees and begs him for mercy, be patient with me and I will pay you back. This unmerciful servant puts him in prison and his whole family. The king hears about this and of course he is handed over to the torturers until he should pay back his whole debt. And Jesus ends this parable saying, so will my heavenly father do to you unless each of you forgives his brother from his heart. God is saying, you have no right to not forgive others if you are asking me for forgiveness. If you want to be forgiven, do the same for others. That is why he taught us in that prayer we are to pray every day in the Our Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. It's essential to being his disciple. We cannot expect forgiveness if we're not going to forgive others. And when we pray that prayer in the Our Father every day, we're setting the measure of how much God can forgive us. We're saying, God, Lord, forgive me, but only as much as I forgive others. Well, if you're not forgiving others, then God can't forgive you completely. And you will have to pay back the whole debt after being handed over to the torturers in purgatory. Or even worse, with no sense of forgiveness to others, then how can you be forgiven at all? And in that way, you turn away from God forever in hell. Now, forgiveness can obviously be hard, but that's why we need to pray to the Lord. Ask and you shall receive. Ask God to help you forgive. And then ask him also to help you heal from any wounds caused by others. There's a great book uh, that recently came out a couple years ago called Be Healed by Dr. Bob Schutz. That's S-C-H-U-C-H-T-E-S. And 
It's a helpful book going over healing over some of those wounds caused by those who have hurt us, wounded us. And of course, while we're called to forgive, it's okay to set certain boundaries with others. Just because someone is abusing us doesn't mean uh, you know, we have to just keep taking it and forgiving over and over. It's okay to set those boundaries so that we're not continually being wounded or even giving opportunity for the other to keep sinning. But when the time comes, we need to forgive so that we're not carrying this huge debt that someone owes to us around with us. We just release the debt, just like God released the debt that we owe to him. Our founder, St. Stanislaus, who is here to my right, he had to forgive often because he endured many persecutions and much trouble by others, even his own fellow Marians. And so when he first founded the Marians, he uh, was given this hermitage that a, uh, a veteran soldier had founded. The bishop said to St. Stanislaus, go to this hermitage, use these guys as your first companions. Well, they weren't as interested as being as holy as St. Stanislaus, so most of them all fled, except for that original hermit, because that was his property that he had bought uh, from you know, his time as a soldier. And at one point, even uh, that uh, Marian, that first Marian companion there, abandoned St. Stanislaus, but in a very cruel way. Before he left, he punched St. Stanislaus. And some versions of the story said he beat him up so hard that uh, St. Stanislaus, uh, you know, was severely beaten. And, and then afterwards started causing trouble for St. Stanislaus, even trying to, uh, you know, continue to found another hermitage with that Marian name and collect alms in that name and uh, just almost even started a civil lawsuit and going over these things, you know, much tension here. But St. Stanislaus kept praying for him and held no resentment. So much so that finally, when this first Marian companion realized his errors, he came back and St. Stanislaus welcomed him back like the prodigal son. He forgave him and was rejoicing that now they could be reconciled and live in harmony. Sometimes too, we have to be quick to be forgive, to not have to take our time to, you know, not allow the devil to tempt us to have any opportunity to even build that resentment, to forgive as soon as possible. Blessed George Matulitis, our renovator, also gives us an example of that. He was Bishop of Vilnius, which experienced much turmoil. There was 10 changes of government in his first five years as bishop, because it was right after World War I. And every political faction kept wanting Blessed George on his side, but he would just say, my party is Christ. And he would not give in to all these different factions. Well, one of the previous bishops who had been exiled to Siberia, was very old bishop, very well respected, had returned. And they were having a little conference to welcome back this bishop this retired bishop now. And again, he had just endured Siberia. 
you know, for his religious faith. You know, he was well-respected. And what does he do? He, maybe because he heard different things and hadn't gotten the full story yet, how Blessed George was handling things, began to criticize Blessed George in public, right there, and uh, began to really kind of almost even lambast him for the way he was handling uh, certain things in the diocese there, especially with all that turmoil going on. And what was Blessed George's response? Immediate forgiveness, and especially because uh, of his stature, even respect. And he just knelt down afterwards and said, let us kneel down and pray uh, and, uh, and thanksgiving for Bishop's return. And he held no resentment, he forgave this, uh, this slighting of his reputation. The Lord has been so merciful to us, he simply asks that we be merciful to him. He pours out an ocean of mercy upon us. And if we are to receive that mercy, then we must be a channel of that mercy to others. We must allow that water of his mercy to flow through us to all those that God puts in our life. St. Faustina wrote back in 1937 in Diary Passage 1148, we resemble God most when we forgive our neighbors. God is love, goodness, and mercy. And then these words of Christ came to her. Every soul, and especially the soul of every religious, should reflect my mercy. My heart overflows with compassion and mercy for all. The heart of my beloved must resemble mine. From her heart must spring the fountain of my mercy for souls. Otherwise, I will not acknowledge her as mine. Hello, I'm Father Thaddeus Langton of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception, and I'm excited to let you know about my new podcast with Father Timothy Childers called Keeping It Marian. To access the podcast, simply visit divinemercyplus.org or search Keeping It Marian on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or on whatever podcast platform you prefer. I want to share with you the riches of the charism of the Marian Fathers, which is the mystery of the Immaculate Conception, how it touches our lives as consecrated priests and religious, and how this mystery can bear fruit in your life, especially by keeping the Word of God and pondering it in our hearts in imitation of our Blessed Mother. I hope you'll join us. Again, it's called Keeping It Marian. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org.
www.marianhelper.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.